Look, if your Messiah ain't melanated, your sight skew like cues When I'm on stage to get the right view of a God MC, me, Tochuku Spit sick, drip like okra soup, no fufu Flow cuckoo, stay on toes, no tutu For every demon bringing juju, I keep the doo and shoot through your noggin Only option is your hemoglobin poppin', no suwu Welcome, welcome, welcome I'm gonna welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast It's your boy Jalen, and before we start Today is November 3rd. Today is a very important day in the United States. I would be irresponsible if I didn't use my platform to express how important it is to vote. Look, I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. I'm not here to try to sway you one way or the other. That's not my... I'm, that's, I don't care about none of that. What I do care about is, please vote. If you've heard this by now... I think the voting stations open at like 7 o'clock in most areas, 7 a.m. This jump probably drops around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So hopefully you guys are in line or or have voted or preparing to vote. But I just want to express how important it is to vote, how important your voice is, how important your vote is, how important your your views on the United States is. Um, again, I don't, I don't care who you vote for. I just care that you do vote. So please, if you're listening to the unpopular podcast, go out and vote. If you've already voted, good for you. I voted already. If you haven't voted, today is the day. Please go vote. Please go vote. Please go vote. I know I'm tired of seeing all the vote, uh, all the vote ads on YouTube and, social media and billboards and commercials. I'm tired of it just like you're tired of it. But in that, you should see how important voting really is, seeing as though people are going out of their way just to promote as much as they're promoting. So please go vote, man. This is the day. This is the most important day in the United States, man. This this could be the most important day in the history of the United States, man. Please Please, please go vote. But let's get back or let's get to our regularly scheduled program. Now, week eight in the NFL, this is you're pretty much in the middle. You you know, pretty much you're in the middle. It's the middle of the season. You don't see you're you're already past the starting point. You're not when you turn around, you can't see the starting point and you don't really see that light at the end because you're in the midway point. You know what I mean? Which is why we saw a lot of we saw a lot of uh, tussles, to say the least, on on Sunday. You know, we saw the bear uh, at the Bears. They were they were getting into it. Homie square, uh, stole off a homeboy. I, I don't know, but we are in the middle of the season. You know what I mean? And what I want to do this episode, of course, we're going to recap some games of Week Eight, but I want to give my top ten teams of the of the league right now now of course this is my opinion hell this is the unpopular podcast hosted by me so this is my opinion but again this i, I want to talk about the 10 teams that i feel uh are the best teams in the league i also seeing as though today is nfl trade deadline i want to i think that it, it ends at like five o'clock today i want to talk about 
five teams who I think should be uber aggressive in the um, on this trade deadline. So, without further ado, the first thing I want to talk about is sometimes you can be, you know, a lot of people have asked. I've stayed away from this topic, but I'm going to talk. I have to talk about it in the sense of a lot of people are asking, was it Brady? You know, the success in in New England, was it Brady or was it Bill Belichick? Was it the great coaching of Bill Belichick or was it the greatness of Brady? And we're starting to see we're seeing now the success that Tampa Bay is having with Brady and the lack of success that. Bill Belichick is having as with the Patriots. And Bill Belichick came out, I believe, Monday, yesterday, saying, you know, due to the salary cap, uh, that's affected our team. You know, that's the reason why our team is struggling. And I feel that two things can, one thing can be true and one thing cannot be true. And that is, I feel Tom Brady would not be as successful as he was in his career if it wasn't for Bill Belichick, if it wasn't for the organization of the Patriots, if it wasn't for some of the moves that the Patriots made on behalf of Tom Brady. I don't think that they would be as successful. Um, I don't think Tom Brady's career would look the way it looks. If it wasn't for some of, you know, the Patriots. On the flip side, I don't think we would even consider the Patriots a dynasty if it wasn't for the greatness of Tom Brady. I think if Tom Brady was not the quarterback, we wouldn't see, uh, we there wouldn't be a, a, a Patriots dynasty. And why am I saying that? Where am I getting that from, Right. Because what we're seeing is, we're seeing Cam Newton's a great quarterback. You know, Cam Newton is athletic. He's probably one of the most athletic uh, quarterbacks we've ever seen. And we're starting to see Cam Newton, as great as Cam Newton is, we're starting to see that he might, his greatness might not supersede the lack of talent that's around him. And for years we've been saying, you know, Tom Brady needs help. Tom Brady needs help. I mean, yeah, he's had Gronk. Yeah, he's had Julian Edelman. Yeah, he's had Wes Welker. Yeah, he had a couple seasons with Randy Moss. But outside of those few, Tom Brady really hasn't had offensive pieces. And I actually put that solely on Bill Belichick and the organization. Bill Belichick has never drafted well when it comes to wide receiver talent. Even though he's had Tom Brady, he still struggled with with drafting wide receivers. And I'm being I'm going I'm saying all this to say what we saw on Sunday with the Patriots losing to the Buffalo Bills 21 to 24. Cam was playing as good as Cam can play until the end when he fumbled the ball. Yes, Cam Newton fumbling the ball 
was on Kim. You know, you have to be more aware of that. I so I solely believe even if they would not, they were they were marching down the field. I think they were on like the twenty yard line. So even if they didn't make it, they would at least got a field goal. So what we're starting to see is how we're starting to see the lack of pieces around the Patriots. And we're starting to see, you know, it's so it's so easy when you have a blanket like Tom Brady that can cover a lot of deficiencies that the team has. But now that you don't have that blanket, and don't get me wrong, again, Cam Newton is a great quarterback, but he's not on the same level as Tom Brady. So when you don't have that blanket anymore, you're really, you know, your 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 blemishes start to start to show a lot brighter than they do with a good blanket like Tom Brady. On the flip side, on the flip side, again, I'm not saying Tom Brady, I'm not saying, I'll say this, I'm not saying that the Patriots organization is only good because of Tom Brady, but Tom Brady helped the organization a lot. And Tom Brady was the reason for a lot of those wins. Not saying again, I'm not taking any I'm not saying that the Patriots would be complete trash if it wasn't for Tom Brady, but there would not be a dynasty if it wasn't for Tom Brady. And we're starting to see because even with a good quarterback as Cam Newton, he's not able to blanket the lack of talent that is surrounding him. Now I will say this. It does I, I never thought I'd I'd see the day where I'd feel bad for the Patriots, but I kind of do. You know, you have the most players in the NFL on your team opt out due to COVID. Your starting quarterback, Cam Newton, gets COVID. Stephon Gilmore gets COVID. You go, I think, in a three or four week span, you only have three practices, which is unheard of. And it's not just three practices. You close down the facility due to a co- you know, due to your players getting COVID. And Cam Newton, as quiet as it's kept, Cam Newton has not played well since coming back from having COVID. So this team is just getting hit after hit after hit after hit. So, but so do I think that? Do, let me say this: I think Sunday's loss against the Bills was huge, seeing as though it's a divisional opponent, seeing as though they're they've lost three straight now, they're two and five, seeing as though there's already been questions now. Even though Cam Newton has played incredible the beginning of the year, starting to question, is this Cam Newton-Bill Belichick marriage working? It's, it's, it's a lot of questions circling uh, the Patriots, rightfully so. Because, I mean, again, they've lost three straight. And we're not used to seeing a Patriots team lose three straight. That's just That's just not what we're used to seeing. But I I, I will say this. Do I think that this can get better for the Patriots? No. <laughs> and I, I I said earlier, I said that later on in the show, I'm going to talk about 
um, teams that should be really aggressive in free in in the trade deadline. And there's and and I exclude I don't I don't put the Patriots in that top five. And here's the reason why. The reason, <laughs> the reason I didn't put them in is because they don't really have trade assets. They don't. They want to. They they want to keep their picks because you know we know how important picks are to the Patriots. They want to keep their picks, and outside of Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore, they don't have any desirable pieces. Nobody wants to kill Harry. Nobody wants. I mean, I, I don't think the McCordy brothers are going anywhere. Nobody. Nobody wants any of these players. So while I do think that they should be a contender or a player when it comes to these trade deadline or when it comes to trade deadline, I don't think they even have the opportunity to, seeing as though they don't have any pieces to even get in the pool of trading outside of Stefan Gilmore and Cam Newton. But you, you really aren't going to get anything for Cam Newton because he's only on a one-year deal minimum. So, uh, to answer the mon- uh, monologue that I, I came here with, or that I started this with, I don't think, I think both sides, as far as the Patriots and Tom Brady, I think they both needed each other. I think that Tom Brady needed the structure and needed the organization that is the Patriots. And I think that the Patriots needed a transcendent player like Tom Brady. And speaking of Tom Brady, let's talk about the game that we saw last night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New New York Giants. Tampa Bay wins, I believe it was uh, 25 to 23. And... What we're starting to see is something that I, 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 something that a lot of people are going to talk about, but not talk about in the seriousness that I am right now. Yes, I understand that you know Tom Brady's on a new team, which is Tampa Bay. It still takes a minute to to learn schemes. It still takes a minute to get acclimated with your team. But this is week eight. Now, also, I understand that you're dealing with a lot of injuries. Chris Godwin's out. Mike Evans has been in and out. Leonard Fournette's been in and out. I get that. But this is week eight. And yes, they did win. Yes, they had a really dominating win against Green Bay, what, a week or two ago. But Tom Brady's still overthrowing people. Wide receivers are still dropping passes. See, this is the reason why I thought I I I don't think that Tampa Bay, the team, is going to make it to Tampa Bay as in the Super Bowl is because I just think that I. It's kind of like when you bring a whole bunch of pieces together, right? It's either going to work or it's not. That doesn't negate the talent that you have on the team, but some talent just doesn't gel together. Hell, you can look back on so many situations, and not, not to mention A.B. is coming back, I think, next week. 
Like, you can look at so many situations, and I'm not sitting now, again, I could be completely wrong, and if I am completely wrong, I will come on here and say I was wrong. I have no problem in doing that. But when you look at, look at, look at, look at the Lakers, right? Look at the Lakers, I believe in 2012 or 13, the year they had Dwight Howard, they had... Uh, Pau Gasol, they had Kobe, they had Mono no, they had uh, Ron Artest or Meta World Peace, and they had Steve Nash. That's a that's a incredible collection of talent. It just didn't work. Look at the look at the Lakers when they had Kobe, Shaq, Karl Malone. Uh, who else did they have? Um, Gary Payton. Collection of talent that didn't work. Look at this year's um, Clippers. You have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Montrez Harold. They got bounced by the Denver Nuggets. What I'm saying is sometimes it works. A collection of talent. And you know what? And what I'll do is. Let's go on the flip side of that. Let's go on. Let's let's talk about some teams when it did work. You know, uh, the the um, the Miami Heat, LeBron James, D Wade, Chris Bosh. You had Mario's Chalmers before he just got horrible. Like that 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 team won two championships. Golden State. You have Steph Curry, KD, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Gudala. Uh, Leandro, Leandro Barbosa, Sean Livingston, a collection of talent that won two championships. Would have won three if it wasn't for injuries. What's what's another one? <laughs> uh collection of talent that just worked. Hell, let, let's look at uh this year's Lakers: LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, um, Kyle Kuzma. You know, a collection of talent that works. So what I'm saying is. It could work, you know, this 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 Tampa Bay team with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, now A.B. You have uh, Sanu on the Muhammad, no, uh, Sanu or Sue, I'm saying the Dominican Sue on the defensive side of the ball. This could work. And and what I'm I'm not saying now because of course it can work now. This is the regular season. The regular season, everything you know, it, you take you use the regular season to work for the playoffs. I just think when you run into teams, especially in the NFC, you run into I don't know uh, Green Bay again because they did just beat the breaks off them. But you run into Green Bay again, and we'll talk about them a little later. You run into the Saints. We'll talk about them a little later. You run Who beat them, by the way? You run into uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> there's just so many teams. You run into the Rams. Like There's so many teams that you could run into that, to me, have a, have a really good shot in beating you. So... I, again, shouts out to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers for winning again uh, against the Giants, who they actually struggle with. And, you know, leave it to Daniel Jones uh, to throw some nasty picks. And to the last play of the game, for people that watched, man, for that two-point conversion, 
the ball was late. Like if the ball was on time, it, it would have been successful, but it was late. So it is what it is. Um, I, again, I'm not going to talk about all these games. I, I really never do. Uh, the Tennessee, well, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of do actually. I kind of go, but I don't really stay in depth. Tennessee lost to the Bengals, uh, 31 to 20. Joe Burrow looks incredible yet again. Uh, Giovanni Bernard actually looked good. He had two touchdowns, um, which I think was a career high. And and Joe Burrow looks incredible. The Tennessee Titans, I don't know what's going on with them, man. Their defense is starting to look bad. Now, I don't know if it was just uh, off week, any given Sunday. I don't know what it is, but their defense looked bad. And, I mean, you had a rookie quarterback, albeit Joe Burrow, to me, more than likely is offensive rookie of the year. But you lose to, a t- at, the, at that point, a 1-5 Bengals team. But, you know. And you get dominated by a one in five Bengals team. So I don't know if I'll chalk it up. It could be any given Sunday, but again, they they kind of look bad the last few weeks. So, um, but yeah, Raiders beat the Browns. I don't need to continuously bash on Baker Mayfield, but uh, this is yet another time Baker Mayfield comes up short. And this is also the first game without. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and for all those people saying that he he should easily be traded, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, or let me not say they should be traded. For all those people that are saying that Baker Mayfield and the Browns would be better without Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, um, Colts beat the Lions forty-one to twenty-one. This is this, I think that's the seventh straight home loss to the for the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a game I definitely want need to talk about. That is the Vikings. The Vikings beat Green Bay twenty-eight to twenty-two. Um, Delvin Cook, I think, became the first player in NFL history to score a touchdown on uh, the their their team's first four possessions or something like that. Oh, another fun fact. I didn't know, as much as I watched sports, I didn't know Ahmad Rashad played football, let alone was a was a Minnesota great. So that's, you know, the more you know. Like, also, I thought Ahmad Rashad was just a reporter that followed around Michael Jordan then. But, hell, apparently he was a Vikings great. But here's why I want to talk about this game. And it more has to do with, the Packers than the Vikings. We all know how great Aaron Rodgers is. We all know how great Devontae Adams is. We all know how good Aaron Jones are. We, we, we know that. But the one thing that I've constantly, time and time and time and time and time again, has said was this this team is going to be held back by their defense. Now their defense continues to improve, but when you're improving from trash, it, it doesn't. It's a slow improvement. Let's say that their defense is. Again, I can chalk it up. No, I can't. You see, there's some losses that you can chalk up to any given Sunday. Like, I think maybe the Tennessee game was any given Sunday. Maybe the Rams game was any given Sunday. Maybe the, the I don't know. The, we'll talk about the Ravens and Steelers in a second. But 
sometimes we can chalk it up to any given Sunday. But this is not the first time the Packers have looked horrible on defense. Hell, a lot of, we can talk about the game what two two weeks ago when they got bludgeoned by Tom Brady and the Bucks. Like, and, and it's not just this year. We can t- go back last year. The two times they played, or three times, three times they played. No, two, two times, three times, three times. The three times they played, no, two times. The two times they played the 49ers. It's like when you, it, at a certain point, you have to get it together on that side of the ball, especially when you have somebody as great as Aaron Rodgers. Because as we're starting to see with some players, greatness doesn't last forever. And it's not just, it's all players, but we're starting to see some players more than others. Greatness doesn't last forever. So if you do not address the defense, you will, I don't, I don't, you've already blew the draft. I was gonna save it later. You already blew the draft with the with the wide receiver help. Get some off. I mean, get some defensive pieces because your linebackers are horrible. Corners aren't doing. So it's like there should be no reason, right? Why you allow Dalvin Cook, who by the way missed a ton of practice the week or last week due to injury. Comes back and becomes the third player with four touchdowns in a game in Minnesota history. The first player in NFL history to score four touchdowns on the team's first four drives. Look, Aaron Rodgers is great. But this team is going to go, only going to go as far as... The defense takes him, and I know it sounds crazy after I just said Aaron Rodgers is great, and how, and we know how good he is. But look at all the times Aaron Rodgers has been great, and they still lost. It's at a certain point, this defense has to catch up with the offense, or it's not even just catch up because you're not going to get anybody as great as Aaron Rodgers. At least get close to the offense. And if that's the case, you will be unstoppable. But you're not. This is why I kind of have reservations on Green Bay. Because as we always see, they're great offensively. But defensively, they're trash. And when they run up against somebody like the 49ers last year or this year, they run up to somebody like the Packers. Not the Packers. The the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It just, go, it just doesn't work. Like they just get... Humiliated, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying about Cam Newton and the Patriots. Aaron Rodgers, outside Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, you are the reason why we know uh, uh, some of those wide receiver names outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, who's a running back. (laughs) If (laughs) the Packers are only going to go as far as as far or as much as the defense can take them because there's only so much that Aaron Rodgers can do. Aaron Rodgers had a really good game and still only scored 22 against one of the worst defenses in the league. So, uh, yeah. Um, Let's move on. Let's move on. Kansas City Chiefs destroyed the Jets. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's, yeah. The Rams, oh, that's what I want to talk about. Let's talk about, uh, 
Miami and the Rams. So the Rams lose to Miami 28 to 17. And a lot of people are saying Tua had an incredible first start. Which which I mean you won your first start. He had a touch, you know, he had a touchdown. Congrats to him. But Tua I understand it's the first start, but Tua didn't look great. Now, do I think Tua should have been number one? Yeah, I did. And I could I can I can end up regretting it. I, I I'm aware. But Tua just didn't look good. Tua looked small. Tua looked slower than usual. Now again, I know this is his first game back from injury or first game in the NFL period, but you know, first game in a while since in since being injured in Alabama. But, you know, it just Tua just looked he just didn't look good. Now, of course, he can improve, and I, I assume he will improve. But the reason why they won this game was because of the defense when you and the and the special teams. When you have a punt return, when you have, I think, two, uh, when you have a pick six or a scoop and score, when you, it, it's just, yeah, it was bad. Hell, let me say this: If the Rams did not have those turnovers, the Rams dominated the game. It was just those, I think, four. Three or four turnovers that just ruin the game for them. So there's that. Um, the Saints beat the Bears 26 to 23. Uh, you know, Will Lutz, he had the game winning field goal. We'll talk about the Saints a little bit later. The 49ers lost to the Seahawks. I mean, it's a, it's a, hey, it's, it's, it's Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf, right now, statistically the best duo in the league. I don't know how many times I have to say, Russ for MVP. Um, Cowboys and Eagles. Mm. Oof, I don't need to talk about that. I don't need to talk about that. The ugh. Eagles won 23-9. Um, Broncos uh, won against the Chargers. This is, I think, the third game in a row. The Chargers are up by 17 or more and lost, which has to be a record. Has to be a record. And this is just, this is the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers always lose like this. They lose like this with Justin Herbert. They lost like this with uh, with Phillip Rivers. That's just the Chargers. They have big leads or they're supposed to win, and they just don't. Uh, I think, you know, Justin Herbert still looks good. Uh, this is his first season, so he needs to grow uh, there. But this is just a, this is this is just the Chargers. You know, some things just aren't explainable. There's this, again. I think this is the third game in the row that you're up 17 or more and you lose. And again, any other team will be bashing them, but this is the Chargers. The Chargers do this, which is which is crazy. It makes it makes no sense, but that's them. But the game that I need to talk in depth about is the Steelers beating the Ravens 28-24. to I was actually at this game. <laughs> Shouts out to the unpopular podcast. <laughs> but I was actually at this game as a media uh, covering the game. And here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. And this is, I talked about this, what, last week? 
if you look at the dynamic of the game, in fact, if you look at, uh, let's just look at the stat sheet for right now. Ravens dominated time of possession. Ravens were incredible defensively, had a couple turnovers, had a couple big uh, defensive stops. <sighs> Ravens. Ravens said we're going to stop the run and we're going to and we're going to stop the pass because outside of a Claiborne touchdown, the, the the Steelers really didn't have much when they had a full field to work with. Um, the running game, the Ravens' running game was incredible, and when you when you when you listen when you hear that the Ravens' dominated time possession was incredible defensively and the run game was incredible, what do you think? They won the game, and they played well enough to win the game. They lost because of Lamar Jackson. There is no, I mean, you can just watch the tape. Lamar Jackson has struggled this entire year. And he struggled mightily against marquee matchups. He struggled incredibly against the Chiefs. And now he struggled incredibly against the Steelers. Now, I understand Steelers have an incredible defense. But on the first drive, he throws a pick six. He throws another another bad pick in, the I think, the second half. Uh, or second quarter, he throw he he turns he has two he had four turnovers, and he had a really crucial turnover at the end of the game. Now, of course, the final ending of that game was the pat the incomplete pass to Will Willie Sneed in the end zone. But Lamar Jackson just needs to be better, and. You're starting to see, I think it's weighing on the team. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that the team is 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 turning against Lamar. I don't think that they hate Lamar. But I think that when you have talented people like Marquise Brown, when you have Mark Andrews, when you have Boyd, when you have DK or J.K. Dobson, Dobbins, when you had Gus Edwards, when you have solid pieces – you need to be able to get them involved. What I think, what I think Lamar Jackson, what I saw Lamar Jackson do uh, live, in person, I think Lamar Jackson tries to be, or tries to go for the kill shot every pass. And because of that, he sort of holds the ball a little too long. He throws a weird side hand, which which don't get me wrong, it works sometimes, but sometimes it does not. Hell, that's that's one reason why he threw the first pick. He threw a pick six was in the first drive because he tried to uh, side arm it, and he threw right to the guy. I just think he tries to go for the home run shot every pass. Like he'll miss wide open people in the flats. If it, it's just. Lamar Jackson has to be better. This is a down year for Lamar. I and and don't get me wrong, I will I will be the first one to admit I didn't think we would see this type of Lamar. I thought we saw an improvement from Lamar Jackson from his rookie year to his uh, sophomore year. Hell, sophomore year he won the MVP. I, I was expecting greatness. I was expecting him to improve yet again, but he hasn't. 
And because of that, and, and don't get me wrong, the, the Lamar Jackson struggles is not the only problem that the Ravens have, but Sunday it was. So until Lamar Jackson improves, because like I said, it's not just, let's see, marquee games, some of the, the, the biggest games of Lamar Jackson's career, he's lost. Outside outside of the Patriots, let's let's take that out. Outside of that, you lose your two, your two, your only two playoff games. Now I understand one was his rookie year, comes in for Flacco. I get that, but you last year, a lot of people, including myself, thought that you were good enough to make it to the Super Bowl, and you lose to Tennessee. You lose both your games to the Steelers, and in fact, I think he has seven turnovers against the Steelers. You lose to the Kansas City Chiefs twice. Like it's it's at some point you're you're gonna have to start winning these games, man. Because yeah, you can look incredible against the Reds or the Washington team. I'm sorry. Yes, you can look incredible against the Jets. Yes, you look incredible against um, the the Browns. But you know Lamar until Lamar Jackson develops more of a or gets more comfortable with his passing ability and and reading I'm not saying he can't pass cuz he's a, he he's made he made some really good hell on Sunday he made some really good passes like he made a really good pass to Willie Sneed over the middle when it really counted like down the like going down um like the last drive of the game but if you're not going like these the these teams, good teams are going to dare you to pass the ball. Like they're gonna say, you know what? We're not gonna let you run the ball. We're going you're gonna have to beat us passing. If you beat us passing, hey, you beat us. And he hasn't done that yet. So until then, the Ravens and again, I know I had the Ravens and the Saints going to the Super Bowl this year. At least right now, that clearly looks off. And until he improves that aspect of his game, I think that has a stranglehold on the entire team. Yes, the defense is going to be good. When you have Marlon Humphreys, when you have uh, Prep Peppers, when you have the players that they have, you're going to be good. But it's Calais Campbell, who, by the way, Side note, I am 6'2", about 275. I stood next to Calais Campbell on Sunday. I ain't never seen a man making me look as small as he did. That was crazy. But back to what I was saying. When you have all those pieces, of course you're going to be good. But I think you're... The development of Lamar, at least this year, the development of Lamar or the lack of development in Lamar Jackson has hampered this team's success. And I think until that improves, you're going to see, you know, a lot of you're going to see you're going to see they're going to struggle against great teams. They're going to destroy bad teams, but they're going to struggle against great teams. So let's 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 talk about let's talk about the 49ers. Um So the 49ers got hits. They've been getting hit this entire There's always one team, right? There's always one team that just gets decimated with injury. Last year and a little bit of this year is it's the Eagles. Um 
Who else? Uh, the Giants this year got decimated with injury, and I know it was pretty much one injury, but when you lose arguably the best running back in the league, that's decimated by injuries. Um, it's one year it was the Seahawks. Uh, one year it was who? Who was it? It was the Broncos. Like, there's always one team, and when I say one team, one team that completely healthy is good enough, or arguably good enough to at least make a Super Bowl. There's always one team that's decimated by injuries that there's chances gets derailed. And this year, it's starting to look like the 49ers. Uh, you know, they've dealt with almost all of their running backs outside of uh, McKinney, McKinney, I think his name, yeah, Jared McKinney, have been de- have been injured. Now, Jer- uh, George Kittle, who is arguably the best tight end in the league, has a fractured foot. He's out eight weeks. Jimmy G, out indefinitely. And Jimmy G has been injured before this season. Um, it's, it's a tough blow, man. No, it, and, and the thing is, and not, and this is, this is after they lose Nick Bolsa for the year. Um, I think the first game and they lose, I forgot, I, I apologize for getting your name, but they lose another huge, um, defensive presence. The first, the first game, they both tear their ACLs. It's just. A lot of people, including myself, thought they were at least decent or good enough to at least vie to get back to the Super Bowl. But it's just, it's just been a, it's been a, it's been a tough sledding for the 49ers this year. Now, of course, it's been a tough sledding for the entire NFL when it comes to injuries and when it comes to COVID. Hell, we just talked about uh, Humphreys, Marlon Humphreys, and the Ravens just tested positive after a game, by the way. That he had COVID. Um, a, a, like running back from from Green Bay tested positive for COVID. Uh, like I said, Cam Newton tested positive. They have a Ravens. I mean, not Ravens. A Falcons player that tested positive. It's like outside of COVID, players testing positive and injuries. Like you had Chris Chris McCaffrey that's been injured. Uh, Eckert from the Chargers been injured. Uh. I could just say Saquon Barkley. We're seeing what's happening with the Ravens and their wide receiver core, like Michael Thomas, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Players are just getting injured left and right, and it's just been a tough year, man. It's it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year altogether. Twenty twenty has been tough, but for the NFL, it's, it's been a tough one. But I say all that to say that the the 49ers have just been getting hit week after week and it seems like it's been every week that a key player has been injured like like I said now is George Kittle who is arguably the best tight end in the league out for 8 weeks with a fractured foot at least 8 weeks with a fractured foot and J- Jimmy Garoppolo is out indefinitely so hope that they get well soon and yeah um yeah so Let's 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 move let's move forward. The trade deadline. I think I know it ends tonight. I, I believe it ends tonight, like five o'clock. And I want to talk about five teams that should be aggressive in the trade deadline. Let me talk about the first one, and there's no particular order, but let me talk about Seattle. 
And most of these teams are going to have a similar rap sheet, but let's talk about Seattle. You have Russell Wilson, you have DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Lockett. Even with this talent, even with the talent that they have as far as those three, and you have Chris Carson, who's a running back. So out of those four, you still have one of the worst offensive lines, and you have the worst defense in or arguably top top five worst defenses in the league. You do not want to waste this incredible start, this incredible year, because your defense is so horrible or your offensive line is horrible. I think if you go out and get a solid defensive player. Now, Seattle did. Let me look. Seattle did. If I if I am not mistaken, I'm going to check. I think they did make a move to get someone in free in free agency. I mean in trades. No. So if you don't go out and get somebody, especially somebody on the defensive side of the ball, at this it kinda it kinda goes as great as Russell Wilson is, he can only take you but so far, especially like he'll he can win in shootouts, but you don't want your you don't want your quarterback, especially deep in the playoffs, to continuously be in shootouts, especially in shootouts when you still have one of the worst offensive lines and your defense is just horrible. So now now I will say their defense played really well against the 49ers. But again, this is a 49er on Sunday, but this is a 49ers team who was decimated by injury. So I think Green Bay has to be aggressive when it comes to to this trade deadline. I, I don't know how much time we have left whenever you're listening to this, but this is the last day. Like you need to be aggressive because you don't want to waste this time. Go out there and. Go talk to the Patriots. See if Stephon Gilmore is really available. Go, you need somebody. You need somebody. Let's talk about Green Bay. We talk. I, I said it. I said it. I said it. You're only as good, like as great as Aaron Rodgers is. You're only gonna take, and, and it kind of goes with Seattle. The defense is only going to take you, but so far, go get a defensive player. And uh, different from Seattle, you only have. Devonte Adams, go get a go get an offensive weapon. Go go talk to Cincy. Go see if Aaron uh, AJ Green is available. Go see if Julio Jones is available. Like <laughs> you need to be aggressive. You need to be aggressive because again, it goes with Seattle and goes with Green Bay. You don't want to waste these years. You don't want to waste these years where your quarterback, which is Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, is playing out of their minds, playing on an MVP level. And you know that there's no chance of winning because of how bad your defense is. So go get a defensive, go get, go get a linebacker, Green Bay. Go get, go get, go get, and go get a wide receiver. Hell, you you couldn't get a B. Go see about AJ Green, man. Go see, go see about some of these wide receivers. So Houston. <laughs> Here's the reason why I say Houston, and he, in fact. The next two is Houston and Dallas. They're kind of in the same boat. Because of some trades, because of the Laramie Tunsil uh, trade, because of the DeAndre Hopkins trade, you don't really have a future. 
as far as the present future, like you trade away all your picks, you trade away your best play wide receiver, you trade like you get Dennis David Johnson who's been okay, and Laramie Tunsil who hasn't been the greatest. Like you don't really have, you don't really have pieces for a future, and the piece that you do have now isn't really a f- helping you. And you know teams like uh, Green Bay is looking for a wide receiver. You're not going to win this year. This year is is a, is a scrub. Go m- maybe trade Will Fuller to the to the Green Bay. Get get a couple draft picks. Maybe trade uh, Kenny Stills. See if David Johnson's you know someone wants David Johnson. Go go go. Because <laughs> you know, their their defense is horrible too, but. Uh, See if Seattle would want one of your defensive linebackers. Like, there's at some point Houston. Houston has to understand that this season ain't it. So, punt on this season and get try to get some more draft picks because you don't have any for the next what two three years. And on Dallas' side, this season is is a wrap. Dak Prescott is out for the season with a with an ankle injury. Uh, and Andy Dalton has concussion protocol or out with a concussion, and even Andy Dalton's not going to save your season. The defense has played horrible. You have so many big contracts on the defense that hasn't panned out. Send Jalen, uh, uh, send send some of those players out. Send was Jalen Smith. Send Demarcus Lawrence. Send them out. Hell, like. Uh, as great as I mean, if you don't need all those wide receivers, maybe see if Green Bay will trade a draft pick or two and a player for Amari Cooper. See if they'll get Michael Gallup. See if somebody will will tr- see if Seattle will go for Dexter Lawrence or or I'm sorry, Demarcus Lawrence or Jalen Smith or something like that. Like you, you already traded Everson uh, Everson Everson, Everson Griffin, like. Start to take some of those contracts because unlike Dallas, I mean, unlike Houston, where you don't really have a lot of (laughs) like, no, you're pretty much in the same boat. You have so many huge contracts with not a lot of, I mean, outside of wherever you land now, like outside of next year, you don't have much because you have so many huge contracts and you still have to pay Dak Prescott. So... Oh, yeah, man. You need to send some of those players. You need to be aggressive as to send some of those players out. Like Houston and Dallas. It's different because Seattle needs to bring like a, some, some defensive players in. Green Bay needs to bring some wide receivers and defensive players in. Houston needs to take some, send some, some of them players out. Dallas needs to send some of those players out. And the Ravens. I said this last episode. I'm going to say it again. The Ravens do not have a number one receiver. Yes, Marquise Brown is good, but he is not a number one. Willie Sneed is not a number one. Mark Mark Andrews is a tight end. Boyd is a tight end. Go out and see about an A.J. Green. See about a Amari Cooper. See about Odell Beckham Jr. Seeing as though I don't know if the Browns would trade him to you guys, but go see about them. Go see about a Julio. Go see about a Will Fuller. Go see about um hell, Michael Gallup. Just just Michael Michael Gallup has proven to be better than Brown. So 
Ravens need a number one. Now, I know you pick up uh, Des Bryant from the practice squad, but goes, you need to add some talent on the wide receiver core. So, and, and they need to start developing a relationship as far as an on-field relationship with Lamar Jackson. So, you know, go do that. Um, yeah, those are my five. Seattle, Green Bay, Houston, Dallas, and the Ravens. I could talk about... Um, I could talk about uh, New Orleans, but they made a trade to get Quan Alexander, who I think is really good from the 49ers. He was a pro bowler. Uh, the Chets send Avery Williams to the Steelers. That makes the Steelers that much better. And, um, oh, I guess I'll talk about this. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan, who is a staple for the Washington team, uh, he's been there for years. He's Washington's all-time leader in sacks. Uh, he requested a trade. And Washington is saying they're not going to trade him. I get the business side of it. You know, he's an asset. He's still a really important piece on your defensive side of the ball, on your defensive line. I get that. But if somebody requests a trade, like, that means they want to go. Like... You're not gonna get a happy camp. You're not gonna get a happy player, and because he's gonna, he's already requested a trade, and you denied it. Like, you're not gonna get the best out of that player because they're not happy. So, I would, I would, as much as you like him, I would send him away, man. Like, he doesn't want to be there. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's wrong for. He's not wrong at all for for requesting a trade. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. But Washington, bro, just because you change your name doesn't mean you change your fortunes. You really didn't even change your name. You just dropped the Redskins. Like you're, you're the Washington football team. Like let 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 Ryan Kerrigan go. Be happy somewhere, man. Hell, Ryan Kerrigan would be incredible in Seattle right now. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But moving forward, let's talk about my top ten teams. Now, of course. These are my top 10 teams. They don't have to be the same as yours. I'm sure they're probably different than yours. I get it. I respect it. These are my top 10. Let's start with number 10. Number 10 is the uh, Chicago Bears. Right now, they're 5-3. and three. The reason why they're number 10 is because on paper, they have an incredible roster. You have uh, Robinson. You have Miller. You have... Some uh, Montgomery, you have uh, what's his name? Um, Hicks, you have Khalil Mack, like you have so many great players, but it's just at the quarterback position, as we've seen, Nick Foles can get it, get, get, get it done maybe a game or two, but we've seen an entire season, Nick Foles. In fact, we haven't seen an entire season, Nick Foles, where he can get it done so. As great as they are on paper, they still have Nick Foles as their starting quarterback. And when you have Nick Foles and <laughs> when you have to choose between Nick Foles and uh, Mr. Bisky, that's that's a doozy. That's a doozy. <laughs> but numbers number nine, I have the Colts. The Colt. And here's the thing about the Colts: they're five and two. You don't know what you're going to get from the Colts. You, you, one 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 week they can look like the best team in the league. They, you know, Aaron or oh, Philip Rivers isn't throwing picks. Um, you know, the defense is incredible. The 
T.Y. Hilton and that offensive core is incredible. They look incredible. But then there are weeks when they look like, God, this team is horrible. God, this team is headed for the lottery. God, like another pick from Phillip Rivers. Oh, another pick from Phillip Rivers. Like, you don't know what you're going to get from this team. This team is so Jacqueline Hyde is crazy. And because of that, that's why I had to put them at nine. Again, at their best day, you know, you're incredible. But on your worst, it's like, ah, God, this team is horrible. And that's and, and, and number eight, I'm going to go with the Rams. The Rams are kind of the same boat as the Colts. But to me, the Rams have better players. I mean, you have Aaron Donald. You have Jalen Ramsey. You have. Uh, Robert Woods, you have Jared Goff, who to me at this point is better than Phillip Rivers. You just have better players. You have Everest, uh, Everest you have Tyler Higby, like you have Cooper Cup. You, you're just they're just they're just better now. Of course, we can have some we can have the Rams that you know, some Rams look sometimes the Rams look incredible, and sometimes the Rams look like they did on Sunday against the the Miami Dolphins. Now, again, on paper, on the stat sheet, they dominated that game. It's just four turnovers. This ain't going to work for you. So that's why I have the Rams at eight. Uh, Seven, I have Tennessee. And the reason why I have Tennessee at seven is because they've gone through a little slump, man. Um, I don't know what you're going to get from Tennessee. Like, you have Mike Vrabel, who's an incredible coach. You still have Derrick Henry, who's who's arguably the best running back in the league. You still have uh, Ryan Tannehill, who's been good. You have Green, the running, I mean, the wide receiver. But it's like their defense is, has has not played well the last what two three weeks. And when you, as great as Derrick Henry is, and as good as Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill has been. You can't keep getting in shootouts with teams. And as we're starting to see right now, Tennessee's defense isn't really stacking up as, as far as the last few weeks. Now, just a few weeks ago, they were undefeated, and we were talking about this team can make it to the championship, which is why I only have them at seven, because I still think at, at their best, they're still one of the best teams or one of the most balanced teams in the league. So, number six, I have Green Bay. Hell, you lose, you get to uh, – Green Bay would have been higher, but they lost to one of the worst passing defenses in the league in Minnesota, and you get destroyed by um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I understand that you're 5-2 and two and you still have Aaron Rodgers. You're still one of the best offenses in the league, but, again, you getting – they got – they're – their run defense is god awful. When you are allowing, when you're, when you're, when people are setting records on you, it's, it's at, at some point, it's, it's like, hold on, like something's got to give. So I, until their defense shapens up or or gets better, I can't put them higher than six. So I have Green Bay at six. Number five, I have the Saints. The reason why I have the Saints at number five is because I'm still waiting to see how they look. With a full health, you know, with a healthy roster, with Michael Thomas coming back, with uh, Emmanuel Sanders coming back, yeah, I understand that it doesn't look like Drew Brees is able to throw the ball deep downfield anymore. That that looks like that time is over. Uh, he just it just doesn't look like he has the arm strength for that. But 
Um, I do want to see what happens when their offense gets back to health, you know, gets back healthy and, and we, we get to see what we thought we would see from the Saints. I mean, Alvin Kamara has looked great. Uh, Cook has looked great, the tight end. But, again, I, we need to see what they look like with a, with a healthy roster. So I have them at five. Number four, I have the Ravens. Again, I understand that the Ravens lost to the Chiefs. I also understand that they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But at least for the Pittsburgh game, they were dominating the entire game. It's just Lamar Jackson was the main reason why they lost that game. Now, if Lamar Jackson plays incredible, they're what? Um, what is what's their record? There, there would be five. There would be six and one right now, and they would have handed the Steelers their first loss. So, I think that if Lamar Jackson tightens up, uh, what he needs to tighten up, they'll be they'll be better. I still think that they could they could make it to the Super Bowl. They just you know need to be better at that. Number three, I have Seattle. The only reason why I have Seattle number three is because of Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett, um, Chris Carson. I would say Jamal Adams, but Jamal Adams been injured. To to me, Russell Wilson's the MVP of the league. He's he's been incredible in big moments. Uh, yeah, he did lose uh, what last week, but he came back and won this week. Um, is that's. I can't put them any higher than that because their defense is just so trash that they're actually they're winning in shootouts. And if they don't, if they if 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 Russell Wilson is anything less than a hundred percent, they will more than likely lose that game. And that's the reason why I have them at three. Number two, at the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I don't need to say you have you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Travis Kelsey, you have Tyreek Hill, you have uh, you have Harmon. You have uh, Le'Veon Bell now. You have Edward uh, Edwards You have Tyron Matthew. You have Andy Reid. You're over here doing uh, <laughs> doing the swag surf in the middle of a game. It's just it's just a high powered offense, man, and a and a and a, a pretty fast defense. Like I, Super Bowl, they're, they're the reason why they're the Super Bowl defending champs. So. Like, and they're and they're beating people with ease, and that's 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 they beat the Ravens with ease, and I was at that game too, covering that. Like they beat it with ease. And number one, I mean, at this point, as much as you want to deny it, there's the only undefeated team, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They can beat you so many ways. They can beat you running the ball with James Conner. They can beat you in the air with Claiborne and and Juju Smith Schuster and they can beat you defensively, you know, J.J. Watt, Dupree, I mean, no, T.J. Watt and Dupree, like, they can beat you on so many levels, they can, there's a reason why they're 7-0, Minka Fitzpatrick has been incredible, Eric Ebron has been good, there's a reason why they're 7-0, they've been coached, they've been coached incredibly by Mike Tomlin, who, by the way, shouts out to Mike Tomlin for having the most wins by a black coach surpassing Tony Dungy, I believe. I think it's 140. I could be wrong, but I do know for sure he has the record for the most uh, wins from a black coach. So, shouts out to you. But, I, I it, you know, that would be stupid for me not to put Pittsburgh at number one, seeing as though they're the only undefeated team in the league. So, that's my top ten. You have the Bears at ten, Colts at nine, Rams at eight, Tennessee Titans at seven, 
Green Bay Packers at six, the New Orleans Saints at five, the Baltimore Ravens at four, Seattle Seahawks at three, Kansas City Chiefs at two, and Pittsburgh Steelers at one. So, um, is there anything else I want to talk? Yes. This was another media dump. We, for people that don't know what media dumps are, there's when you have a lot of information, a lot of media that you pretty much throw out there at like either one o'clock or like twelve fifty, because you know that on Sundays, because you know that people are really getting ready for the one o'clock games. You'll drop the media at like four o'clock to four fifteen, because you know that people are getting ready for the four o'clock game, or you drop the media at like. I'll say like maybe 10 o'clock at night because, you know, people are watching Sunday night football. Trent Brown of the Raiders was hospitalized due to team doctor or team doctors or team physicians or whatever messing up his IV and like causing a bleeding or something uncontrollably bleeding because they hit like a vein or something. This is not the first time we've heard of an incident We've heard an incident of a team doctor messing up, like, her, like, call affecting a player's ability to play. The first time we heard this this year was Tyrod Taylor and the Chargers. I think they like punctured a lung or something, trying to inject the IV. We have to really start looking at. Uh, we have to really start holding accountable these team doctors. You know what I'm saying? Because if you think about it, Trent Brown could, you know, the player that went, people say, it's always said that, you know, you can't lose your job from entry. But we know that's not true. Let's look at, let's look at some of the, let's look at some of the, some of the things I can remember. Drew Bledsoe lost his job to injury to Tom Brady. Um, Tyrod Taylor, who we just talked about this year, lost his job to injury to Justin Herbert. Um, who else? Uh, it's just you see, you see. It's just you. We really need to start holding these team doctors and teams in general in like to a higher standard. Because again, these people you're entrusting your life with. And to to make a huge decision to again, Trent Brown's gonna be okay. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's gonna be okay. But when the team is the reason why you're hurt, and it's like something as simple as putting an IV in, like has caused you to go to the hospital. At some point, you really have to look at the team doctors. Like, wait a second, what the hell is going on here? Like, what? Like, this shouldn't be okay. There should be no reason why that team doctor still has a job after stuff like that happens. Again, this is twice. Not the same team, but this is twice. I think the same division. Yeah, the 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 Raiders and the Chargers in the same division. It's just, oh, man, you, you got to get it together, bro. And we really need to start holding these teams accountable, man. Like team doctors and stuff like we really need to start holding these teams accountable because these are players livelihood that you're messing up hell you could you have caused tyrod taylor to now again we know they drafted justin herbert to be a starter but you don't know how long tyrod taylor could have been so great that they said ah we're just gonna let you hold off until i don't know make week 
10, 11, 12 or something because Tyrod Taylor's been so good. No, you took that opportunity away from him because you injured him. So, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything else with NFL. Uh, let's go to college football. Um, Trevor Lawrence, who is the quarterback for Clemson, the best player in college football, easily going to be the number one overall pick this year in the draft. He got COVID, and because of that, he had to sit out uh, the Boston College game on Saturday. And while Clemson did win, it was a dogfight. I think they were down like 12 to 28 at one point, and they came back and win like 34 to 28 or something like that. And uh, the real the real concern is going to be next week or this week when they have to play Notre Dame. Who is ranked number three? Do I think that they can beat Notre Dame? Yes, I do think they have better players. I think defensively they're better, but they're you know it's kind of tough when you lose a quarterback, but when you lose someone as great as Trevor Lawrence, especially for a game that's going to be incredibly physical, and you're starting a I think sophomore like. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a big it's gonna be a big uh a big loss. And do I think Clemson can win and do I think they should still be favored? Yes, because they're still Clemson. I mean, they're still number one. You still have uh 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 Travis Ian, you still have some incredible wide receivers and the defense is still the defense is still arguably one of the best in the nation. But I do think they will struggle. And you also have to look. We see how Cam looks. Cam Newton looks after coming back from COVID. He doesn't look the same. He he just doesn't look like the Cam that we saw the first few weeks. We have to see how Trevor Lawrence is going to look, you know, once that once they come back or once he comes back. So, you know, that's that's that. Um and I, and I hope, you know, I pray for a speedy recovery. Uh, of course, we don't need to talk about Alabama. Alabama's freaking incredible. I think they beat uh, what Mississippi State like forty-one zero. Like they got some offensive wide receivers on that. I mean, they got some NFL wide receivers on that team. So there's that. And Matt Jones has looked incredible. So, but the the game I want to talk about is Michigan's loss to Michigan State. You know, you have to be real about your reality. Uh, you know, there's some people, for instance, and I'm, I'm about to go on a fan base, but it's okay. You, you can tag me in the comments. It is what it is. But Cowboys fans every year think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Every year. And it's not just fans. There are analysts that think they're going to win the Super Bowl. And every year, for as long as I can remember, they're either 8-8 eight and eight, or they'll make it to the playoffs and, and lose the first round or not even make the play, not even be 8-8, eight and eight, like 7-9 or something. But year after year, fans think this is our year. Uh, Patriots fans. Now, let me not even say Patriots fans because they've been winning constantly. Uh, hell, I was I was one of them this year. But Saints fans, Saints fans, year after year, think 
they will make the Super Bowl. I was one of them to think they'll make the Super Bowl until they started playing. I was like, ah, nah. This can't be it. Let's just go back to college football, right? Georgia. Georgia's fans always think like they're the best team in the SEC, even though it is clear how great Alabama's been. Auburn always thinks they are eye-to-eye with Alabama until they play Alabama and outside of that one Iron Bowl it ain't been it ain't been it ain't been pretty why do I say that Michigan has to understand who they are Michigan is not a top-tier team now they have a top-tier coach in John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh Jim Harbaugh they have a, a decent quarterback now, but they're not good enough. Now, let me say this. They should have beat Michigan State. Michigan State just lost to Rutgers. Michigan State's not good. They should have lost them. They should have beat Michigan State. But year after year after year after year after year, all I hear is this is the year Michigan is going to beat Ohio State. This is the year that Michigan's going to make the college football playoffs. This is Michigan's best team. This is the year Michigan uh, puts it all together and wins national championship. I hear that all the time. But then I look and like, yo, you don't you don't have the same recruiting class as Ohio State. You don't have the same quarterback as Ohio State. You don't have the same history as Ohio State, recent history as Ohio State. You don't have the same defense as Ohio State as far as talent-wise. You don't have the same anything, Ohio State. The only thing that you share with Ohio State is you're in the same conference. But even then, it's like, think about it. It's it's like you have <laughs> you have Clemson, who is an ACC, then you have Georgia Tech, who's also in the ACC, but uh mm. You have Alabama, then you have Kentucky in 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 football. It's like, yeah, they're in the SEC, but there's Alabama, then there's Kentucky, and at this point, it's Ohio State, then there's Michigan. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Michigan's trash, but what I'm saying is stop comparing yourself to Ohio State because you're not that. Hell, you're not, you haven't been as good as Penn State in the last few years. I think Penn State's ranked like sixth or seventh or something. No, because they lost. Never mind. But you're not even, you haven't even been as, as good as Penn State. Be real with yourself. Like, and what Michigan and what and Jalen Rose said it best. Michigan State just pretty much deemed this entire you know Michigan prides itself like it's kind of like Washington, right? You hear what a lot of Washington fans say. Uh, I don't care. We can go own whatever. We just have to beat the Cowboys twice. That's pretty much what Michigan State or Michigan fans say. I don't care what we go. We have to be Michigan State and we have to be Ohio State. You lost to Michigan State. 
you're going to lose to Ohio State. That's just so you pretty much you're this is yet another failed season for Michigan. But Michigan fans have to understand who you are. Don't get me wrong. You're not a bad you're not a bad organization. You're not a bad school. You're going to win eight, nine, ten games. You're going to probably win a bowl game, but you're not you're not Ohio State and you're not in the same level at Ohio State. You're not on the same playing field as Ohio State. The only time you're on the same playing field as Ohio State is when you guys are on the same field playing each other and you look up and Ohio State's beating you forty five to seven. There's that. Um what else? Before we go, uh UFC Anderson Silva more than likely fought his last fight over the weekend, losing in a TKO fashion to uh Uriah Hall. Um Anderson Silva is a weird case, man. Anderson Silva, you know, you have people that recognize that he's one of the great great uh UFC fighters ever fight, but then there's people that can't get over the fact that he has been busted for PEDs multiple times. So, it's like Anderson Silva is one of those people that or one of those careers that you understand, you know, he won a lot. I think he won like 37 fights in his career, but he's also been hit with a lot of PED um, busts. So, but shouts out to Anderson Silva for the career. Yeah, and he did. I, I even called on Twitter. I said, yo, he's probably going to get destroyed, and he did. So, you know, it's just when it's over, it's over. You know, there's some people that don't know when it's over, but keep going like, Roy Jones Jr., he, he just didn't know when it was over, and he just kept getting pummeled and pummeled and pummeled till it was just like, I can't fight no more. Um, I don't It's But, you know, Anderson Silva has hit the, hit, hit, hit the wall. So, you know, shouts out for an incredible career. Uh, and in boxing, uh, Javante Davis knocked the hell out of Leo Santa Cruz and six man. If you haven't seen this uppercut and this knockout, start what you're doing. Pause me. Go to YouTube and just put it in. Like, put in Davis Knocks Out Santa Cruz. And, it, man, that is a vicious, vicious hit. Like, Jesus Christ. Man, I've... Oh, let's go watch it. But... Without further ado, there you have it, man. I appreciate you guys. I, I appreciate you guys for continues to come week after week. I appreciate the support. Um, appreciate all the people that's buying shirts. Uh, the prices are going up. Well, the shirt price is going up. The hoodie is still going to be $25, but the shirts are going to be $20. Um, so if you want a shirt, I have any color you want. Hit me up. The Unpopular Podcast shirt. If you want a hoodie, I have any color you want. Hit me up and I got you. Again, hoodies are 25. Uh, shirts are now 20. Um, again, I appreciate you guys. Please go vote. Please go vote. Exercise your right to go vote, please. Again, I'm not telling you to vote for. I don't care who you vote for. Just go vote. This is a very important election. And this is probably, arguably, the most important election of our gender, of our time. So please take this seriously and go vote. Um, I know I wouldn't want to send them long ass lines either, but if you didn't want to, you should have voted early. But if you didn't still go vote, please. 
this is the last day so uh again there you have it i appreciate you guys i love you guys to the bottom of my heart and until next time much love just look over your shoulders honey yeah i know it's been a minute it's been a minute Bizarre, my battle scars at large will lace me. Big marbles, nigga. I lead this new generation, boy. Don't argue with us. Marvelous beat selectors, authors, and novel spitters. And it's all for the literature. And it's all for the hideous, the nastiest flow, the chlamydia. Uh. I ain't afraid to say I need you. Oh, yeah. I my life is like to have open mics of hopeless notes I write for show my folks you like soon as the flow Get nice to vote to guys that scare MCs My prototype forever read my share of these and R.I.P's You know my type of style is like my everything Apparently my appetites they famish bite No hand that feed the culture vote your guy you bleed My focus hold his thoughts and dreams control his pen Look over your shoulder Bold his lines and rhymes and things devote my time and mind It seems I'm supposed to shine remind I'm king provoke the blind and bomb defeat the pros the cons the diamond rings unfold with time but I'ma bring the soul divine and cross between what's yours and mine's the gold, the green, the roof that showed just what it mean to grab your court, divide the wing and fly before my vocals. For hip hop, look at my ziplock, bag full of goodies, you Chris Rock. Hit the pookie and piss stops, it's poop socks, baby, you a hell of a drug. Just look over your shoulders when they fuck you over, it's love, I know ya. Father, I spit a saliva that's leaking the lava, completing the saga while meeting and greeting and beating you niggas completely cover. Extremely barking a nigga, you see me, you deeply carve up a nigga, believe me, graffiti your armor, you heebie, you GB, bikini, your brother, you give me pain. Now give me this daughter, but treat me and greet me and meet me with arms up. So sweet when I speak, have a deep, it was deep, I was sleeping and the guards up. Hmm. Upholding the fundamentals while most of you boast the rental. Focus on what's most essential, spit bars to provoke your mental. Do I have your attendance? While I clap the raps like thunders, look over your shoulder, boy, and wonder. 